0: evening everyone. Nice to be here with all of you. Well, I wonder how your week has been. Well, I think um, some of us have had a rather heavy week. We might have had a week of grieving or a week of um, just being so busy that we have no time to pause and ponder on the things that have been happening in our lives. So today as we start, this time of worship, I actually wanted to start with a song that would help us prepare our hearts for worship. So as we sing this song, please um, bring to your mind um, the goodness of God and surrender to Him all that is on your heart, all that is on your mind today as we prepare our hearts to worship Him. Sing with us. and acknowledge that you are the only one who can save us. And we need you, Lord. We need you so badly. Lord God, we set our hearts and our minds on you. Please help us to fix our eyes on Jesus as we worship you today. We praise you, Lord.
1: Base we
0: Take a seat.
2: Nice to see you as we worship the Lord together. And and for some, we've had some kind of rugged week. And it's so good to be with you and to be able to worship the living God and to recognize that He is worthy of our praise. I recently spoke, even last weekend, about the ministry model that Jesus sets. And so He teaches the Word. proclaims the good news, the gospel, and out of compassion, he has mercy on those in need. And that's been the way the Christian church has been throughout history, and it hasn't changed today. So I'm going to get you to take a look at this sheet, because I mentioned we were going to be working on a Ukraine relief fund. And I've been speaking with uh, our Chairman of the Elder Board, who is also the uh, Chairman of the Missions Committee, Rod Cousins, and we both agreed this is a great project. Now, let me highlight why we're going to do this, but also say there's other great ministry going on in Ukraine relief. And if you've been watching the news and you've seen the atrocities that continue to go on, we, as followers of Jesus Christ, continue to be moved by compassion. And we pray, and then we think, is there anything beyond praying? But it always starts with prayer. But we also say, are there other things that we can do? So there's an international church in Bucharest, and the reason why we want to partner with them is because a former Subi uh, family member was, is there in the church And she's actually coordinating the relief effort through that organization. So she is the the organizer, and even if you look on your little form, she's the one on the far right at the bottom. That's Nicole Cooper. So she's still part of one of our small groups, virtually, and very much a a part of this church, and she's been a part of this church for years. So we've got a subi connection with this church. But what they're doing, this is what Nicole's telling us, is this. They are serving the refugees that are coming through Bucharest. And and as a a result, the refugees are are kind of blown away by people just bringing them into their home, taking care of them, giving them food, uh, supplies, clothing, and so forth. And these refugees are wondering, why are you doing this for us? And the answer is the compassion of Jesus Christ. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are doing this because of what Christ Jesus has done for us. And so one of the neat things that we can do is give, but give in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to an evangelical church. So the pastor there is Bill Tully. He went to Dallas Seminary, as I did. Uh, Didn't know him. I'm way ahead of him in time. But, uh, But again, a good international church, and it's a way that we'll be able to know what's happening as well, because Nicole would be giving us feedback. So that's why we chose this particular project. So you know you can give. We don't want you to give through this church. We want give you give to give exactly to the project, directly to the project. And you can do that. If you'll notice, there's a uh, website, or you can use the uh, code there to connect. If you want to know more about what's going on, Obviously, you can go to their their website, BucharestChurch.com, or their Facebook page. So again, we're not saying this is the only ministry, only way to give. We're just saying we think this is a great way to give, and we want to do it as a church, and we'll be able to get some feedback on how it's going. But we've been praying every week for a cessation of the violence, and those prayers are not answered yet. And the needs continue to grow for the refugees. And we're not going to get used to it. We're going to look at that situation with compassion through the eyes of Jesus and say, how can we serve? And this is a great way to serve. So let me ask you to pray with me. And let's dedicate this project before the Lord. Father, we as a church family, as followers of Jesus Christ, see what's going on in Ukraine today even this past week, the atrocities that have happened, the refugees that increase every day, every day, and the needs are great, and we want to be faithful to pray and ask in your mercy and in your grace for an end to this war, a ceasefire, peace. But, Lord, we also want to serve those in need. And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to give gifts and focus our attention on how you have blessed us to be able to bless others. We thank you that there is a Bible-believing church there, that the refugees are getting connected with them, that they are not only receiving food, supplies, and shelter, but they are also receiving the hope of the gospel through the members there. So we ask your blessing upon Nicole and her leadership effort there upon the pastor, Bill Tully. Thank you for those that are right there on the ground serving. And I pray that they would be the the hands and the voice, the love of Jesus Christ to these refugees and that we might support them generously, lovingly, because you have loved us. So, Lord, we commit this to you. Christ's name, Amen.
3: Hello, week two of uh, April scripture. Scripture at Subi, if you've been following along. Hopefully, yes, you can see the words even better. So let's say it together. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 11, after he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his, by his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. Well done. Okay, Subi kids, you can go out to your primary classes now. So welcome again to Super Church. My name is Wayne Luce, one of the elders here. Um, So glad, hope you're here, um, enjoying yourself, and uh, please introduce yourself to someone else. Some people with red lanyards might also say hi to you as well. Our connect cards, we would love you to fill in the connect card that helps us know how we can pray for you and support you. Even if you don't have a specific prayer request, we would really encourage and appreciate if you could fill in the connect card. Just helps us know you are here and how we can um, support you if uh, we notice that you're missing. So offering. Um, Yep, lots of you are used to doing it online now, which is fantastic. You also know there's a a box near the exit door if you want to do it physically. So um, let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can be together as your people. We thank you that we can come and we can give ourselves to you and we can give um, financially to the work of your kingdom. Thank you that we are in your family. Thank you that we have been reminded of the, the, uh, the worldwide, worldwide family of faith that we belong to. Father, we can give here and we can give internationally as well. We thank you for your work. We pray, Father, for the money that is um, given today to your work. May it impact people's lives. May they be changed by the gospel. May they be changed by your people being used by you. We thank you for this opportunity and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, some notices for you. Hopefully uh, you've noticed that uh, you have uh, an Easter pamphlet or card on your on your chair. Good Friday and Easter services this coming week. So um, please remember that you do have to register for the Good Friday services uh, on the Subi website. Three services, 8.30, 9.45 and 11. But uh, yeah, you'll notice on the card um, that you do need to re-register for those. Easter Saturday and Sunday, usual times, you don't have to register for those, um, but do note that there are some slightly modified Super Kids programs. It's all on the card. Um, after Easter, there's the Christianity Explored course. So this has really got a good opportunity to invite people along. This is post-Easter, after people might have been thinking about what does Easter mean? running a Christianity Explored course, people will have the opportunity to hear the gospel and ask questions about Christianity in a casual setting. Um, So you do need to RSVP on the Connect Card, please. Um, Starts at 7.15 for food first. It's always a good thing. And then 7.45. Some more food tomorrow at the Young Adults Lunch. This is after the 10.45 service. And uh, please note that it is at the J.H. Abrahams Reserve. Which is the next car park along from Matilda Bay. So that's something slightly different to what you see just there. So, young adults, you're invited to a, a lunch tomorrow. BYO food and drink at the JH Abrahams Reserve. Now we have some new additions to the Superchurch family. Here you go. Congratulations, Hayley and John Perrott, on the birth of their second son, Lewis Charles, on the 22nd of March. Lewis is a little brother to Finn. And we also have congratulations to Shane and Marilyn Scantlebury on the birth of their daughter, hopefully i get it right, Eden Suling, On the 26th of March, Eden is their second child and baby sister to Vera. So please pray for those families, give them wisdom, that they might navigate the transition from a family of three to a family of four. I'll leave you with it. Will Barbara reading is next.
1: Good evening church. The Bible reading for this weekend is mark eleven four to ten. They went out and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, "What are you doing untying that colt?" They, ans- they answered, as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven.
2: Thank you, David. As you can tell, this is our celebration of the Triumphal Entry, Palm Sunday. And, and there's a number of passages that we're going to be looking at to help us understand that. Sometimes if you talk to Christian and think, what was uh, Palm Sunday all about? You kind of get a blank stare. So hopefully by the time we're done today, we're going to have a better understanding of it. I do, as we've been highlighted, uh, these uh, cards, these are for you to take to remind you to come, to remind you to sign up, and so it is important that we get you to sign up, and uh, we do want to have the services even out. There's going to be plenty of space, my opinion, plenty of space, so please uh, come and please bring a friend, invite them to come as well. I want to mention uh, a couple things. Uh, We're going to continue to pray for uh, Larry and his family, for the Rojas family, for Michelle and recognizing one of our young adults went to be with the Lord a little over a week ago and it's been a, a challenging week for many of us and she was 20 years old Katrina and uh, I believe that even the flowers that are here are a result of the services that we had yesterday again I want to say thank you uh, you did an amazing job of praying encouraging helping the family through this time and it's not over as you might imagine so let's continue to uh, assist them I just want to give you just a a personal update. So uh, I'm going to be with you obviously for Good Friday, Easter, but I will be taking my annual leave right after that. So uh, sometimes when I leave this year, people have said, Oh, I didn't know you're coming back. Yeah, I'll be coming back. It's just annual leave and I'm going with my wife. And it's just that time to be able to be with our family in America and to be able to see them together. My previous trip was more of an emergency trip uh, to help out my parents, but this will be annual leave, so I will be back, Lord willing, and uh, we're going to continue on serving the Lord together. Uh, You know that we have a a search committee for a senior pastor. I'm going to ask that you continue to pray for that search committee, and they continue to make progress, and that's a prayerful thing for us. So that's where we are, and we're going to continue to pray for Ukraine. And we just see that there's a great need there. And we need God's mercy. So bow with me in prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray silently right where you are. Prepare your heart to receive the word of God. Tell Jesus you want to meet with him right now. Pour out your heart to him. Confess your sins. Acknowledge him as Lord. Our Father, we have have sung praise to you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We thank you for sending Jesus Christ, your Son, into the world, Savior of sinners, and sinners like us. And so we come confessing our sins because we need your forgiveness, but also knowing that the blood of Jesus Christ, the cross of Christ, is sufficient to pay for all of our sins. And now we stand before you and worship you, in fellowship with you, clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And Lord, we are here as people of thanksgiving and people of praise. Lord, we want to enter into that spirit of worship once again as we hear your word right now. We also want to intercede for those in need to pray for Larry and Rochelle and just recognize the, the heavy burden, the grief that they are facing even now as their 20-year-old daughter has died. And I just pray that you would be that God of all comfort, that good shepherd, that loving friend to come beside them. And I thank you again for this congregation, how they poured out love uh, yesterday during the services. And we just pray for your continued comfort upon them. Father, we also want to pray for our world, and we recognize that there's so many things that we need to be praying about for our nation as an election is going to be called soon, and especially for the the war that's happening right now in the Ukraine. Father, I pray for peace as we've prayed for an end to atrocities, but we just pray for peace. We pray for your grace for those who are refugees. We thank you for the expressions of love and Christian care that is being poured out by this church in Bucharest and by many other organizations. And we just pray for your continued grace upon them. as so many are being relocated. So many have lost everything. I pray for your grace. Father, we want to pray for our church, and we do thank you for the ministries that you give us. The ministry that goes out from this church to the community. The ministry of our our children to our children right now, our youth as well, our young adults tomorrow. All of these things that are happening, and we just pray your blessing upon them. Father, for the missionaries that we have sent out, we pray that you continue to bless and protect them. And Lord, internally we pray your blessing upon our search committee and that you would guide and direct them in this process and, Father, that you would bless them. And now finally, Father, we want to pray for ourselves. Just that we would sense the Spirit of God among us. and That we would see Jesus clearly. In Christ's name. As you know, occasionally I want to share illustrations from Gridiron. I know that's some of you, that's your favorite things I talk about. But uh, so this is one of those times. So here's a legendary coach. So we've got a picture of Vince Lombardi. So legendary coach. In fact, if you win the big game, which is called the Super Bowl, there's a trophy that you win and it's called the Lombardi Trophy. So it's named after this man. So Vince Lombardi, that's Tom Brady holding the trophy. But the trophy itself is named the Lombardi Trophy. So that's if you win everything, you win it big, you get to hold the Lombardi Trophy. So let me tell you a brief story about uh, Lombardi, part of this, uh, being a legendary coach. He would start out his season when the, uh, the ball players would come. Now these are professional players. They make a lot of money. They've been playing football all their lives. But he would start out every time at the beginning of the year, he would get in the locker room, And we hold up a football. Now, I've got a picture of him holding up a football. This is after he won the big game, so this is a different setting. But he holds up a football. And there are these players, and they're going to start their season. Before they start, he walks in, he holds up a football, and he says, gentlemen, this is a football. Now, these guys have been playing that game all their lives. But no one rolls their eyes, no one laughs, no one giggles because it's Vince Lombardi basically holding up a football, and they're looking at this football as if it's been dropped into his hand from outer space, as if they've never seen one before. Because he's basically saying, this is a football, you respect the game. This is a football, you need to keep your eye on, you need to understand, you need to focus, This is a football. Don't take it for granted. What's Palm Sunday about? Let's go quickly into Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry. Here's what it is. I think it's God, our Heavenly Father, holding up Jesus and saying to the people of Jerusalem and saying to us, this is Jesus. And we need to look at him, and you've heard many stories about him, and perhaps you've studied his life for much of your life. And yet, at Palm Sunday, we just pause, and we look at Jesus, not as if he's been dropped down from outer space, but he's come down from heaven. And you need to re-examine him, and think about him, and focus on him, because this is Jesus. And we're going to see how he comes to us, and who he is. Those two things. There's going to be questions in the crowd as people are shouting, Hosanna, son of David. Who is this? What's happening here? So even on that Palm Sunday, if you were present in Jerusalem, you might be thinking, who is that? What's happening here? And the answer is going to be very clear. This is Jesus, and for us, as we approach the most holy week on the Christian calendar, and I say that, and I want you to think about reverence. I want you to think about holiness. I want you to think about sacredness, because it is this coming week that we recognize Jesus comes into Jerusalem, and he comes riding on a donkey, and he comes to be Savior of the world. It is that week, Holy Week. We will have Good Friday and remember his death on the cross, and we will celebrate the resurrection. When we think about Palm Sunday, God holds up Jesus before the people of Jerusalem, before our eyes, and he says, this is Jesus. This is Christianity. This is faith. This is your life. And we need to enter into it and understand it. We need to respect who he is and what he is doing and why he has come. Turneth me to Matthew chapter 21. We'll begin looking at Matthew's account of the triumphal entry. Matthew 21, beginning in verse 1. I'm going to ask you to stand, and I'm going to read. You see the word of God behind me, but I want you to hear his word. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt, by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says uh, says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right, right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is his word. You may be seated. So two thoughts. The first one is this. This is Jesus. He comes humbly to serve us. And I want to emphasize his mission in his ministry to us. And Matthew makes sure that we know that this is a lowly beast of burden that Jesus will ride on. So it's a borrowed donkey. We already know that in cult. And he's riding on a donkey in cult. And and here's the interesting thing. He doesn't come as some conquering warrior into the city. I've got uh, an image, a depiction of Alexander the Great, and... When he entered Jerusalem, when he came into these cities as the conquering hero, he's on a war horse. I mean, it's intimidating. He looks like a warrior. But we think about Jesus coming into Jerusalem as king. He's riding on a donkey. Now, what's interesting, as we look at the Matthew passage, what he will leave out of the Zechariah passage. So I'm going to get... I'm going to turn back to Zechariah 9.9 and look at the quote there and see if you can pick out what Matthew has left out of this quote. Zechariah 9.9, this is the prophet he quotes. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of the donkey. So what's he leave out? He leaves out this phrase, righteous and victorious. Now, it's not that Jesus isn't righteous or victorious, but he's not coming in in a victorious manner. He's coming in a very humble manner, in a very gentle manner, riding on a donkey. I like what uh, the great Martin Luther says about this. Let me quote Luther. He says, look at him at Jesus. He rides no stallion, which is a war animal, and he comes not with fearful pomp and power, but he sits on a donkey, which is no war animal, but which is ready for burdens of work that will help human beings. That's the purpose of the donkey. Thereby he shows that he does not come to terrify people to drive or oppress them, but to help them, to carry their burdens, and to take them on himself. Isn't that a great thought? I mean, even when you think about this triumphal entry, and again, when when someone says, do you understand Palm Sunday? The first thing you can understand is he came on a donkey. He came on a beast of burden, and Jesus comes, basically, to bear our burdens. He comes not to conquer per se, but to carry our burdens upon himself. Gentle, lovingly, he will take our burdens. Look over at Isaiah 53, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 4, and then we'll go down to 6, and 6 should be somewhat familiar to you. Verse 4. Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering. This is Jesus. This is what he does. This is the suffering servant. Verse 6. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the burden, the sin, the iniquity of us all. And so when we come to the triumphal entry to Palm Sunday, we we recognize why Jesus comes, how he comes, gentle, lovingly, caring for us. Let me just give you a a, a brief application. There's this, this discipline of reverence, contemplation, just trying to tune out the distractions of our world because I just want you to be aware there's going to be some distractions going on this coming week in your world and in mine. And some of you can think, well, I'll just, you know, do the Jesus thing or I'll just, you know, eventually and it'll come to mind or whatever. No, I think we've got to be very intentional about it. If this is the holiest week, if we are approaching the holiest week on the Christian calendar and we are not intentional, I'll guarantee you there'll be a ton of things shouting out Jesus in your life. There's an article in the magazine uh, Psychology Today, and I'm just going to quote it because a lot of people think, oh, I can do this multitasking. I'll do Jesus and all this other stuff. But this is what the article says. For many years, the psychological research has shown that people can only attend to one task at a time. Let me be even more specific. The research shows that people can attend to only one cognitive task at a time. You can only be thinking about one thing at a time. You can only be conducting one mental activity at a time. You can only be talking, you can be talking or you can be reading. You cannot be reading or you can't, I'm sorry, you can be reading or you can be typing. You can be listening or you can be reading. One thing at a time. We fool ourselves, we're pretty good at switching back and forth quickly, so we think we're actually multitasking, but in reality we are not. So what they're saying is this, the research basically proves you cannot multitask if you think you can, that's not really happening. You are thinking of one thing. So if I say, think of a pink elephant and All of us can think of a pink elephant. Not that we've ever seen one before, but we can think of a pink elephant. If you're thinking of a pink elephant, I'll guarantee you're not thinking of Jesus, right? You can only think of one thing at a time. That's the point. And my point for this week is this. If you want to think about the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to have to be intentional. And here's why. Because the world's going to shout for my attention. Here's what's going to, distract me, or amuse me. News of COVID. COVID wants my attention, right? It wants your attention. Politicians want your attention this week. They want you to hear them loud and clear, focus on them. There's wars and rumors of war. There's sport that goes on. And then we've got this long weekend that comes up. And there's so many things that can distract you, amuse you, and call for your focus and attention. And so here's my point is this. When the world shouts for my attention, Jesus comes gently, quietly, riding into my life and into Jerusalem. But God says to me, this is Jesus. We don't roll our eyes, and we don't act like we've seen Him before. We come before Him in reverence and in worship. One of the things I want you to do is prioritize Jesus this coming week. One of the things I want you to do is think about how am I going to be intentional about focusing upon the Lord Jesus Christ, who He is and what He has done. Think about His compassion in your life. Think about forgiveness of sins. Read the gospel story again, but enter into his life. This is Jesus. Why does he come? He comes to humbly serve you and me. Here's the second point. This is Jesus. He's the Savior worthy of our praise. And so here's an interesting thing. We, we know some of the chronology. This is a Sunday when he rides into Jerusalem, the first day of the week. On Friday, he will be hanging from a Roman cross, but right now he gets a, a royal welcome. See, your king comes to you, King Jesus. Let me just relate this briefly to the, um, to the nativity and to the birth of Jesus. And we know that there were magi who came from the east, and they traveled to Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the royal city, to worship the king of the Jews. And that's when they go to Jerusalem first. They see the star, but they go to Jerusalem. Why are you here? To worship the one born king of the Jews. So where is he? And so the Magi come. And the Magi come, and they bring gifts. Now, I've got an image of the the Magi. I just want you to think about that image. So here comes the Magi. They bring gifts before the Lord Jesus Christ. They've come to worship him and to give to him. Now here's the thing that I I want you to think about as we apply uh, our worship of our Lord today and this week. Whenever I think I'm doing pretty great on worshiping Jesus, I have to think about the Magi. They're really good people to think about. Because they came for days, weeks, perhaps months. They traveled distance just to worship the Christ child. Just to give to the Christ child. That's all they wanted to do. They were not looking for some experience. They were not looking for something back. They just wanted to worship the one who was worthy of worship. One of the things that we've got to be aware of in our world is this. We come to worship, but it's not about me. If it's about me, it's not about Jesus. When the magi came, they came to worship the one born king of the Jews and just to give to him, and it took them a long time. They traveled a long way. I don't know how far, but that's all they did. But when they found the one who was worthy, they worshiped him. Now, here's another scene. Jesus, we know, is at towards the end of his life. And he comes to Jerusalem. He comes to Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Why does he come? He comes to receive worship. He comes as the one acknowledged as the king of the Jews. So why are we here today? Why are you here? Well, we're here to worship. We're here not because it's necessarily convenient, and we're certainly not here to be entertained because that's not what worship is about, but we're here to see Jesus and we're here to worship him. I want you to observe the crowds, the praise, and the, and the question as I'm going to read and just highlight this passage once again from Matthew 21. But I want you to see what's going on with the crowd. I want you to see what's going on with the, the words of praise, and then I want you to see the question that's being asked. Verse 8. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. So it's almost as if they're given a, a red carpet treatment for Jesus. The crowds went ahead of him, and those that followed. So you've got people ahead of Jesus, uh, leading them in, people Behind him, they're following him, but they're all shouting the same thing. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So the crowds spread their, their cloaks Cut branches, they go ahead of him, and they shout, Hosanna. Uh, Hosanna has this idea of save now. So I want you to get this this triumphal entry in your mind and and see the crowds there. Save now is what they're crying out. Son of David. Uh, Why is Son of David significant? Well, we know that Messiah will come from the Messianic line, will come from David. So this is the royal line of David. So they're saying, they're saying Jesus is the son of David. They're calling for salvation because he is acknowledged as Messiah, and then he who comes in the name of the Lord. So in other words, he's representing God and representing his purposes. And so if we would have a diplomat or ambassador that would come to us, to our country, and they would be representing a king or a prime minister or a president, And they would come in that name. They would be on that business, representing who that person is. And here we see Jesus coming in the name of the Lord. He's on God's business, and God's business is salvation for the world. And so Hosanna means save. Save now. We see what the crowds see. They understand who Jesus is. God is saying, this is Jesus. And the crowds are basically saying, we get this. We know who he is. He's the son of David. He's Messiah. But then when they get to the city, the people there are saying, who is that? What's going on with this? What's this commotion about? And so they give further identification. In other words, we heard what you are chanting. But who is he? was Jesus, the prophet. His hometown is Nazareth from Galilee. Now what's interesting is this. uh, In this day even, that Palm Sunday, not everybody is cheering. Not everybody is joining in with the crowds. And Luke very specifically shows the reaction of the Pharisees. Look over at Luke chapter 19. And I'm going to read verses, uh, beginning of verse 38. So, the again, this great uh, claim of the crowds: "Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest." Verse 39. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus: "So they're going to talk directly to Jesus. Teacher, rebuke your disciples. They hear the praises, you rebuke them." Verse 40, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Isn't that amazing? When the King of Kings, when the Lord of Glory reveals himself as that Messiah, the Son of David, this is Jesus. Jesus basically says, I can't keep these people quiet. I'm not going to keep the children quiet. I'm not going to keep anybody quiet. I won't rebuke them. In fact, if they did not cry out, the stones that have no mouth, no vocal cords, they would cry out because he's being presented by God. This is Jesus. And even the stones would be in awe of who he is. Let me just give a, a quick illustration. So again, this is um, my, uh, my gridiron illustration. I'm going to go back. Uh, you may not watch the game much but some of you know the uh, the referees the officials if there's a penalty there's a yellow flag but the coaches now have a red flag so I'm gonna show you a picture of one of the coaches only head coach has this: a red flag Generally, just a few times in the game they can't do it all the time but if they see something that is an injustice in other words their team got ripped off in their opinion in their eyes somebody, there was an injustice, there was a bad call, it needs to be reviewed. What they do is they take that red flag, they put it on the ground. That stops the game. I mean, it doesn't matter how many millions of people are watching on television. It doesn't matter all the people in the crowd, whatever. It stops the game. and basically says, we're going to stop this game, and we're going to make sure there's not an injustice that's been done in the game. And it's just a game, by the way. What Jesus is saying is this. These stones, these inanimate objects, if they were to see that Jesus was not receiving praise and worship and adoration, they would throw out a red flag. They'd basically say, we've got to stop this. We've got to say, there's an injustice that's been done. He is Lord, he is King, he's Son of David, he's Messiah, and he must be worshipped. I want you to think about the responses. And there's three that we can think of pretty easily. There's the response of the Pharisees and Luke. They just stand back and criticize. They just, they don't get it, and they're just going to criticize. They want the crowd's rebuke. And then there's the Romans who are there, the governing power. They basically ignore it. There's no mention of them. They don't really care. It's apathy. And then there's the crowds. The people who know who he is. The people who recognize he's worthy of worship. And they praise him. So we're going to enter Holy Week. From a secular perspective, people are going to look at Good Friday, Easter, Easter Monday, and say, long weekend. It's more time for me and my amusements. Whatever I want, it's about me. And that's how they view it. But as Christians, we've got to view it differently. We make no sacrifice to worship Jesus Christ. In fact, if we don't, it's an injustice. He is worthy of our worship and praise. He comes to us in humility. You know what he's going to do? We're going to remember his death on the cross and he bore the burden of our sins. He takes our iniquity upon himself. He's that suffering servant. and We're going to worship him for it. And we're going to grow closer to him. And we're going to celebrate. And we will celebrate that resurrection morning because... Jesus is victorious over sin and death. I'm going to close with uh, this great passage, this Christ hymn from Philippians chapter 2. Speaking of Jesus, beginning verse 6. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Notice the humility, the compassion. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. Once again, we get this image of who Jesus is. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So who is he? He comes from heaven to serve us. Verse 9. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess, acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You get it? It's Palm Sunday. It's Jesus humbling himself for us, bearing our burdens upon himself. And it's Jesus who comes worthy of worship and praise and adoration. And we're not a bunch of rocks. We are God's people made in the image of God. And we are the redeemed. And we worship. And it's not an inconvenience. It's not a burden. It is one of the greatest joys that we have is to recognize this is Jesus. God the Son, God who loves us, saves us. And there will be a day when every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day, every tongue, every knee, for us, we do it joyfully. This week, this is Jesus. Pray with me. Lord, you came humbly into this world, a a baby in Bethlehem, worthy of worship. You came humbly into Jerusalem, a Savior, worthy of worship. And Lord, we do not want to be distracted. And we recognize there will be things that we need to do and focus upon. But we will be intentional. We will make time. We will worship the one who's worthy of our worship. We will acknowledge this is Jesus. And he is our Lord and our Savior, worthy of all praise. Lord, bless us. As we approach this most holy week, I pray that we would make it special, make it different, make it about Jesus Christ, our Lord. In Christ's name, amen. We're going to come to our time of the Lord's Supper. And you remember Jesus meets with his disciples in the upper room. And and Jesus takes the bread, he breaks it, he says, this is my body. And, And if you think about it, he is saying to his disciples, this is Jesus, my body, which will be broken for you. And then the blood, the blood of the covenant, and he says, this is my blood, shed for you. Again. We recognize we're dealing with something sacred here. We recognize the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. We recognize that as the disciples received the bread, they, they understood there was a figure of speech going on there. but they also recognized the seriousness of it. When Jesus took the bread and broke it and he said, "This is my body for you." no one laughed. No one rolled their eyes. No one giggled. This is Jesus. When he gave them the cup, this is my blood shed for you. No one laughs. No one giggles. No one rolls their eyes. This is Jesus. We treat with respect the body and the blood of Christ as we approach the Lord's table. If You're a follower of Jesus Christ. Having believed in faith that Jesus Christ has paid for all of your sins. And that is your hope, your salvation, your faith. Take, eat the bread, drink the cup. It's for you. If you've never put your faith and trust in Christ Jesus, please do not partake of the bread and the cup. We revere what Jesus has said to us. We honor him and we honor the bread and the cup so we would say until you have put your faith in him please do not partake of it having said that the offer of salvation is made to you right now right now not what you do what Christ has done for us believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved pray with me Father we want to come humbly before you and just in awe of who Jesus is Lord Jesus, we confess our sins. Lord Jesus, we forgive, we receive forgiveness. And we acknowledge once again, you are Lord, and our trust is in you. In Christ's name, amen. As you know, we, we always do this in a COVID safe way. And so those who are on the side, if you go to the side, those in the center, you can come to the center gonna ask the first five, ten 10 rows, go ahead and stand and uh, come and receive the elements. Once you receive them, please hold them and we'll protect together in just a moment. And they shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. In the upper room, Jesus meets with his disciples. He gives them the bread. He says, This is my body, it's for you. Take and remember Let's take together. He gives them the cup of the new covenant. This is His blood; it is for you. Take. Pray with me. Lord, once again we are in awe of who You are. Your humility, Your sacrifice, Your love, Your compassion, and we we are objects of. We are the beneficiaries of your mission, your ministry, your death on the cross, and the power of the resurrection. Lord, bless us as we worship you. May we do it in spirit and truth, in Christ.
0: and sing this closing song together.
2: thing about palm sunday it it just kind of whets our appetite to worship worship our lord jesus christ and recognize that's what we will do in eternity we will worship him the one who is worthy before you go i want to highlight again there's two things on your seat we're going to ask you to take those uh part of it is this hopefully our card will remind you not only sign up for good friday you don't need to sign up for easter but for good friday And the uh, Ukraine Relief will not only give you an opportunity to give, but remind you, we are going to be praying, and we're going to be praying with passion and compassion for what's going on there. And we won't stop until there's peace. If you have a prayer request, and there's something that's heavy upon your heart, we have a God who hears us. And so we have our pastors up front, Pastor David, Pastor Chen, they're more than happy to pray with you. Also, we have a Debbie, our our director of women's ministry up front as well. She's happy to pray with you as well. Let's bow in prayer. Father, as we go, we just ask your blessing upon us. May we we walk in fellowship with Jesus Christ. May we long to be a part of the Jesus story. May we sense his presence with us. And Lord Jesus, I do pray that you will watch over and protect these dear people. God, be glory now and forevermore. Amen. Lord bless you. Go in peace.